As always, if you have your Bible handy, it's worth keeping it open on that passage that was read for us. After a break in our sermon series last week to launch the self-denial appeal, we return to the book of Colossians to finish the series by looking at this final chapter. Now the astute among you, I'm sure, will have noticed that this chapter is much shorter than the others. However, these verses contain so much that we actually need this morning five helpful words to guide us through. So sorry, there may be fewer verses, but an early lunch is not on the cards. Let's pray before we get started and looking at these verses. Almighty Father, we want to thank you for the opportunity we get of, of coming to this place to, to hear from you. Father, we often pray that uh, we hear you speak in this place. We often pray that you would speak in this place. Father, this morning, if we haven't already um, stilled our hearts and our minds, if we haven't already silenced those voices and those nagging questions, Father, help us help us do that just now. Just for a, a few brief moments so that we can hear you. Father, my prayer is, as it always is, that I won't get in the way of what you have to say to us this morning. Father, this and all our prayers, we pray in the precious name of Jesus. During this series, we've looked at how Paul wanted to encourage and challenge the believers in Colossae. His desire for them is that they will become fully devoted followers of Christ and as such will be effective ambassadors for the kingdom. His letter is a reminder of what they first believed. It's guidance about how, they, how that should affect the way that they live day by day and it's also an assertion that God can be relied on to supply the only power that can transform a human being. Looking at texts like this is not merely a historical study. Though. We face the same problems as believers today as they faced in the early church. There'll always be deals that can be struck. There'll always be bills that need to be paid. There'll always be money that can be made. The question is, how is it then that we should live out what we believe? So I promise you five words, here they are. Um, the words are prayer, potential, people, puzzle, and then persist. Now, before we start, it's obvious that verse one here actually belongs to the thought that Paul was expressing at the end of chapter two. If you missed that sermon a couple of weeks ago, you can catch up online or by getting hold of one of the CDs of that meeting. That's that out of the way. Start in fact, verse 2 through to verse 4 uh, and the word prayer. Those of you who are familiar with Paul's writings, you won't be at all surprised that he urges the believers in Colossae to devote time to prayer. He knows that these relatively inexperienced followers of Jesus need to strengthen their relationship with God. And so he encourages them to continue doing what he commended them for at the beginning of chapter 1. However, whilst maybe the encouragement to pray isn't unexpected, the fact that he asks them to remember him in their prayers may be a bit of a shock. 
there were, I'm sure, many things that Paul had written to the Colossians about that he could have told them that they needed to pray about. But instead, he basically says that he cannot do what he needs to do without their prayer support. If you're thinking that I'm overstating this, I'm sure that might be a fair complaint. Although I'm convinced that Paul wants those of us who are new to faith, those of us who worry that we don't know enough, those of us who wonder what use we can be in God's economy and in God's service, he wants us to understand that our prayers are as effective, as important as those prayed by the people whom we might consider giants of the faith. When Claire was away a few weeks ago, we sang lots of lovely things, but we know we sang, one of the things we sang was prayer is the soul's sincere desire, uttered or unexpressed. I believe this to be true, but I must confess that I find it really challenging to consider that what I pray about demonstrates the deepest desires of my soul. Bless you. I think these verses tell us that Paul wants the believers in Colossae to desire a deeper relationship with God themselves. And he wants them to desire the growth of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. So how do we live this out? Well, as followers of Jesus, we need to understand the role of prayer in maintaining our relationship with our Heavenly Father, but also maintaining our relationship with other human beings, as Jesus understood it. It's impossible for us to live in rebellion against God while sincerely praying, Thy will be done. In the same way, we cannot honestly pray that those around us experience life in all its fullness whilst we are holding a grudge or harbouring resentment against them. So let's move on, down to verse 5 and 6, and that second word, potential. It is perfectly possible, I think, to read what Paul says about dealing with those who don't share our faith and conclude that this is merely practical advice about how to avoid causing offence. However, I believe the references to grace and salt underpin a much more important message. Paul says the believers are to make the most of every opportunity. Literally, he writes, and this is the way that some translations put it, that they should buy back every moment so that they can give glory to God and make Jesus known. Paul's emphasis seems to be that in this way, those who do not yet believe might experience the kingdom and start seeking God for themselves. Whilst we must never, ever, ever view another human being as a project, we do need to consider that we are, as the people of God, called to do everything we do so that those around us experience the love of God and ascribe glory to him. See, from the very beginning, the people of God were called to live differently from those around them. Not because they were superior, not because they were always right, 
but because they were to be living demonstrations of God's goodness and grace. That was true of Israel. And friends, it's true of us. What we do and what we say matters. So what difference should this make in our lives? Well, our, our speech must always be wholesome, winsome, and wise. Our words must be grace-filled. Not blowing smoke, but extending a welcome. We must speak the truth, not with the intention to offend, but rather with the desire to share the love of God. Our third word, I said, was the word people. It is unusual for Paul in his letters to mention those with him or those to whom he's writing by name. So between verses 7 and 15 we, we find this. Some of the names in this passage may be familiar. I'm sure that most of us know of Dr. Luke. Yes, that's the man who wrote the gospel that bears his name and wrote the Acts of the Apostles as well. However, we probably don't know the stories of most of those that Paul mentions. I don't want to read too much into that, but I'll just say that every one that Paul mentions is, is significant to the members of the early church at the time. It may be that their legacy was felt long after their story was forgotten. Because, putting it simply, each one of us has far more influence than we ever realised. Paul goes out of his way to ensure that individuals remain connected in fellowship, not just with those around them, but also with those in other locations. In the modern world, where travelling huge distances is easy and relatively quick, and when technology sometimes even renders travel unnecessary, these verses might not seem important. But at the time this was written, at the time this happened, this reminder of mutual membership of the kingdom was probably vital to those suffering persecution or ridicule. Although we are blessed in so many ways that make our lives easier than that of the believers in Colossae, I'm utterly convinced that God has given us each other so that we can all grow to be more like Jesus together. So how do we apply that? Well, we need to make the most of every opportunity to spend time with other believers, not just in a social way, but to pray, to study scripture together. We need to spend time encouraging each other in our own walks with Jesus. We also need to pray and spend time with those who don't yet believe. We need to do all we can to share God's love with them. Our next word is the word puzzle. And it's just one verse, verse 16. I don't want to say too much about verse 16, but the truth is we don't know what happened to the letter to Laodicea. They're very various schools of scholarly thought ranging from it being a circular that was transmorphed into the book of Ephesians 
um, to uh, the reference here actually being a reference to the letter to Philemon. But the truth is we don't know. There have been claims and counterclaims about the missing letter's content, but again, the truth is we don't know. It's important, therefore, I think, that we understand that there are some things that we will never know. Sometimes this is because they are beyond our understanding. Sometimes, I'm convinced, it's because they are beyond our ability to cope with them. But often, simply, I think it's because knowing them just actually wouldn't be very beneficial for us. So what difference should this make? Well, the critical thing is that we do what we need to do to work out for ourselves whether we believe, and I'm, I don't just mean up here, we believe here, that God knows best. That God desires the best for us and that God can be trusted. So our last word is the word persist. And obviously now we're right at the end of the right at the end of the letter here, verses seventeen and eighteen. In the ancient world most letters would have been written by a scribe, which is why, as a sign that they were authentic, Paul usually writes a little bit himself. Here the encouragement that those who receive the letter remember my chains is really an exhortation to recall the reason why Paul is being held captive. This is significant, I think, because I believe this encouragement relates directly to the message for Archippus that precedes it. There's no clear evidence of who Archippus was, or indeed what role he held in the early church. But it's clear that Paul is aware that there's a chance that he won't complete his task or at least that he'll face the temptation of not doing so the wording of Paul's encouragement seems to indicate that this is a task that Archippus himself at one point at least accepted as God given the fact that we don't know who or what Archippus was I don't think should detract us from the wider point and that is that we all have decisions to make about our God given promptings do we seek to carry out our defined assignment or do we allow our cravings for approval or popularity prevent us from doing so? There are many places in Paul's writings where he urges believers to carry on carrying on. Literally suggesting that salvation and sanctification are processes which will only be complete when a believer sees Jesus face to face. If we were able to ask Paul for his testimony, I believe he would hold up his chains and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And this, I think, is the essence of the message he wanted Archippus to understand. So what difference should this make to us and the way that we live? Well, we need to comprehend, as Paul did, that the power that raised Jesus from death is available to us. Yes, life is tough. Often we will have to face things that we don't want to face. 
But scripture that tells us that God is by our side through it all. And yes, scripture tells us that his power is sufficient to sustain us through it all. Come what may. Those of you who are with us regularly will know we don't often sing during response time. But this morning is one of those rare occasions when I lost the argument. Well, I mean, when you will have the opportunity um, to do just that if you want to. These lyrics won't be familiar, but they were written for times like this from the book of Colossians. So unless you need to pray, whether that's in your seat or here at the mercy seat, unless you need to read that chapter again, unless you need to work through some of those questions that have come up um, through these four chapters, 